0: They have specific story beats. It's actually like a story prologue, if that makes sense. More so in like some tutorial elements. So that, but then they like rewind and show you as a kid in like a bunch of story moments, but put you in levels where you can go explore the whole shape of the place, but you cannot do anything in any of it so except for you're the just one. Just kind of
1: walking around, like, how do I be done with this? <laughs> <laughs> Butter. Scotch. Shenagan. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 452 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the miscellaneous programmer. Not am same, but I'm there teased. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's January 26th, 22x4. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show, so prepare yourself. Uh, We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you so much for the recurring donations to help keep the podcast going. Let's get into the news. What do we got? All right. So first, we'll talk a little bit about what's been going on inside the studio, Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about some... Apple shenanigans, mm. and I want some questions on this episode. What's it? Uh, so, what's been going on inside the studio? Well, we've been jamming on Crashlands two for the past, you know, well, I guess for the past three and a half, for three years, <laughs> um, same story. Um, so, you know, kind of same story. It's always interesting when we when we start the podcast because like we're doing so much stuff for Crashlands two, but a lot of it is like either really technical or it's like foundational or you know whatever. Um, and it's weird to like try to talk about it all the time on the podcast. You probably have noticed that we don't, we don't talk about it that often. We'll have, we'll show it when it's ready. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but talking about it isn't always the best. But we have hit a pretty good milestone this week, which, uh, which Sam could probably talk a little bit about. Yeah. We got the terrain built out for the second
0: and third biomes. There's only three. So, you know, that's all the land is available to put down. Now, importantly, nothing goes on the land in those yep. other two biomes yet.
1: You no. got to have the land before you can have stuff on the land. Yeah. Yep. I mean. But it means you can start
2: putting the map together. and start planning, like, what are the what are the things that are going to be? Where the towns going to be? You can start planning all of the stuff,
0: right? Kind of. You can kind of start doing things. One of the things I noticed, which is interesting, is that, you know, the first zone has tons of resources and creatures now, right? And part of what creates these little pockets of different feeling you know like ecosystems within the biome are what particular combo not just of terrain but of then the things on the terrain the creatures etc so what's interesting is you know the first the very first one we made took a very long time first uh, the first zone biome yeah. yeah. And a big we'll part of three it, years, yeah, basically, yeah, it's, it, because it was trying to figure out like how, how, what even is that? How big is a tile? You know, starting at the very basic questions, it was all design, just all just tons of design, and then like you're just iterating on the design and the art and everything else simultaneously. And so, uh, it took a long time. The uh, second zone then took about three weeks.
1: And well, uh, we're talking about just the just the terrain parts, right? Yeah, like just the. The visuals, the tiles, of how, how the ground is going to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the second zone then took
0: about three weeks, and then this uh, third zone jaded back to back took half that time, so about a week and a half. Uh, and so it's there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there as far as just like how how it is that you know game development is so hard, and a lot of that stuff is front loaded in terms of like once you get to a point where you understand what the rules are that you are making up. Because they don't exist yet. Once you finally have them, and you can then go build stuff out within the confines of that, work goes a lot faster, right? And that's kind of the whole shtick we've had about how the game can come out in 2024, even though you know we just did our closed alpha in October with essentially the first zone. um And it's because yeah, it takes like three years to figure it all out, build the tech to be able to build the rest of it, and then in theory, it's not going to take us that long to.
1: Yeah, knowing what questions to ask and then figuring out the answers takes a ton of time. Mm -hmm. And once you have the answers, then you can just do the work, and that actually doesn't take as nearly as much time. There's always little questions or like
0: little you know wrinkles and stuff, but they're just it's like the scope of maybe a couple hours of you know flopping around versus potentially weeks trying to figure stuff out
1: well you're you're asking more more specific questions because you're like when you're working on the second zone you now have the first zone as a reference right so you're like okay we have the concept of of what, how, do sh- how do shores get generated and how do they interact with water visually? Uh, how, do we, how do we sort the tiles by layers to separate them out? Because you know, we, had, we, had we have all kinds of uh, new tech in Crash Institute that we didn't have in the first one where where the, the ground tiles are actually composed of mul- – each tile is composed of multiple layers, which then allows them to kind of seamlessly integrate with other tiles of their same type while creating like a really nice border kind of like around the edges of the, the, the area, you know, kind of a thing. And so like, even like just, just realizing that we could do that and then digging in to figure out how to do it and then testing it and everything like that was like two weeks on its own. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but once we figured it out then we were able to, to use that throughout the entire first biome and now all those questions are answered. And so then boom, that shaves two weeks off of every future tile. Right. So, you know, it's like it, something that I've always kind of scratched my head about is the idea of a learning curve Mm. because it's the idea is like, as you know, as you learn stuff, it gets like faster and faster, kind mm-hmm. of a thing, right? It's like it's like how long does it take to learn stuff? Is the idea of a learning curve? Uh, but everybody always uses it backwards because mm-hmm. people say something has a steep learning curve if it's if it's hard to learn.
2: Well, and, but, and we're talking about the axes on the graph, right? It's because mm-hmm. time is on the bottom right and
1: knowledge, is, and on knowledge is on the
2: vertical yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so it's like it's, so like it's it's always a curve right because like you'll learn the most stuff up front because you don't know anything right so everything you see you're like wow right mm-hmm. uh, but then as you learn more and more finding that next bit of knowledge becomes a little bit harder so it's like it's like a a curve that kind of tapers off right but a shallow learning curve is one where where like you gain knowledge much slower over time yeah. because it's because
0: it's harder that, to learn. What, that's usually what people mean when they say a steep learning curve, though.
2: Yeah, they no. When
1: people yeah. say yeah. yeah, when people they say steep mean, learning yeah. curve, they mean steep, hard to learn because
2: steep sounds hard. It's hard to climb a steep yes, thing. It's hard right? to climb. So, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. just if you think of it as like when people say that they've just flipped the axes, then it makes sense. You know,
0: it's actually the same thing. You know, sometimes when we you get over like you crest some problem and then. You have that thing where it's like, "Oh, it'll be downhill from here," and it's like, "That's good because it's easy." But it sounds yeah. like I'm saying we're it's gonna be bad,
2: <laughs> which is you actually funny, I mean? right? Because yeah, because you were like, "If it's, it's all," oh, I guess actually, if you say if you say it's all downhill from here, that's actually good. If you say it's going downhill, that's bad, right? Isn't that how that works? I think I think the, both of them mean that it's bad. <laughs> both of them mean that it's bad, even though it's easier to go downhill than uphill. Yeah. But also yeah, but the risk, crazy thing you is you risk death more going downhill because you can't control you your descent. So there's That's no, why you shouldn't
1: ever go anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean? The best move. Just, just, the just plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get in your get in your bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know YOLO, right? So I guess I guess the point being that that learning about how learning curves work has a shallow learning curve, you know, cuz people just haven't figured it out. Yet. Yeah, I'm trying I'm just trying <laughs> to do the math or what you all mean? All <laughs> It's very hard to learn about learning curves. So they have a shallow learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and back to the point, the, the biomes are, are there now. Yep. Like we're, we've got the foundations. Uh, so now we'll be starting to populate all of the interesting resources and creatures, which is like, it's very, and the, the reason we start with the terrain and stuff is because everything is fully integrated in terms of aesthetic, color scheme, you know, visual styles all this stuff, even like the audio needs to have Mm -hmm. a consistent motif. Um, And so it's very difficult to sort of like do things one at a time or do things free of context because we could, we could have, for example, started with what creatures do we want in the next biome? Just start with those. But we don't know, if you think about like nature, creatures- They live uh, in In an environment. You got to understand
2: the evolutionary niches, niches. Niche, niches. Niches.
1: Yeah. And so- you know if you like if you have like a monkey and then your next zone is a desert it's like how though like okay. where does it live where, what does it eat I mean, it doesn't make any why is it have dark fur and is hairy that doesn't make sense yeah, in this context you, got, you know if you
2: got a naked cactus monkey so well,
1: that's, that's that works good. that works in a desert yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. like if you make a desert first and then you're like i want something kind of like a monkey yeah. but it, in this, this zone, but it, it has it to make out sense how it lives there yeah, yeah. so then you, you you do it that way so that's how you make sort of like a more, more cohesive place is like kind of go from the ground up where it's like uh you know terrain and then like vegetation and sort of like more uh mon- mundane aspects of the environment but yeah like you the, basically build the food build chain. The, build the food chain yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i think what's, what's interesting yeah. about it is that you know when you
0: when you work on these things it's like it's really can be kind of frustrating because actually what happened was back after we finished the uh, alpha test then i was finishing up a few of the outstanding art assets that we had and a few of those were uh, some characters and stuff like that one of whom comes from the second zone and i went i did some sketches and then i was just feeling i was like i can't i can't actually make any decisions about this because i don't know where they're actually coming from yeah i have no place for which this person comes like it's very hard for me to contextualize what they specifically would look like i got the gist but like you, you you can't operate completely on gists you know like you can have a mood board about a place but the reality is like you kind of need hard concrete things in the ground to be able to build stuff on top of but it's also all
2: circular right because it is because just like an ecosystem right ecosystems evolve together because they're it's all things interacting with each other causes changes to all of them over time right and in the same sense when you're trying to do design when you have lots of components that have to come together to make a cohesive whole right technically you could start anywhere but technically nowhere is sufficient because you want yeah. all the answers to have any of the answers, and yeah, the whole thing is a nightmare. Yes, so
1: yeah, and there's an iteration. Yeah, there's an iteration loop where yeah, sometimes yeah. you'll do stuff and then you'll have to be like, you know what, yeah, we need to touch up this tile type because we want this creature to be on it and we like how this creature looks, but the tile now doesn't quite. Oh yeah. Jive. You everything know? talks to everything, which is very annoying. You know, yeah. in but in terms of work,
0: but uh. Is good,
1: but this is how everything is, right? It so, is. like, like if, if you're writing a book, you know, you don't just like write it straight through, you, you kind of like, oh, damn, like this uh, later in the book now, this character has this like vibe, and it now doesn't like, and I really like that, but it I need it's to figure out how there to there
2: earlier, it doesn't make sense, I need sense. to figure out how to yeah.
1: like make that happen in a way that's you yeah, know, even stuff that's uh,
2: supposedly linear, right? Or linear mm-hmm. experience required. I was like, I, I've been building out a, a new website for localization management, right. And it's like, it's what we have to do is a collection of kind of discrete tasks, is what it's supposed to help solve, right? But even still, like, none of it, I can't do one thing at a time, really, because like I have to know how all the components are supposed to work, you know, but I can't design all of it until I know what happens. But you know, it's, it's yep. no matter what you're doing, it's the design challenge that, like, the, the core lowest level design challenge is basically. Until you have everything, you can't design anything the way you want it to be, mm-hmm. but you still have to. You don't have a choice. And I, th- I think that's also why iterative design and development, where you're intermingling sort of more like ex- the external nature of design plus the actual implementation of design mm-hmm. and the feedback loop, and having that all intermingled really tightly is like, well, what lets you get the best outcome. Because realistically, it's the only way you can do it, given that, yeah, given it's, that it's all Well, well otherwise a you're doing
0: it blind, in which case, like yeah, you might you'll have something at the end of the day, but as far as its ability to, you know, be coherent or talk to itself in a way that's useful for the yeah. overarching design. Like yeah, it just
1: does it yeah. just doesn't show up, you know. It's so, like I'm always suspicious of a of a of a long game design document. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just like you, you can't possibly know. You can't possibly know. Mm -hmm. Like, once you get past the first three pages and implement those things. The rest is. How is, how, yeah, all bets are off for the rest because you might have been wrong about something. This is good because
0: I, because after I finished the terrain stuff, then yesterday I was kind of reviewing some of the old documentation about the feel of the zone and some other things that we had. How old are we talking? The original. Oh, so three years. Three years. The original thing. (laughs) It was interesting. I was reading through those and. It's funny because we talked about this before, but that original kind of vision building stuff for it, we basically took, you know, took the original recipe and then updated it in a bunch of ways based on some other foundational changes, like how the controls work and and the idea of buddies in the game and that sort of thing. And all of those had these big cascading effects on the design. But again, because of the specifics of how we ended up implementing them once we actually got to work, you know, got to that certain point where you're like, okay, we're going to do this particular piece that we've theorized about. Again, you'll we had the gist correct kind of across the board, but the specifics which end up cascading in a way where, as I said, the further downstream you get about or the fir- or the, the more, more specific, wrong you are. <laughs> yeah, in that vision document you get about how it's gonna work, then the more weird and and also just like there's a ton of stuff in there that we just are not doing, actually. You know what this makes me think
1: of It's <laughs> like, you know how uh when people are predicting hurricane paths, right? And it's like mm-hmm. it's like a they have they have like a, a central line where they're like, This is like roughly where we think it's going to go, but then like as the time goes on, the, the cone gets bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, right, right. And then everybody was memeing about that time when fucking Donald Trump was like, well what about this?" And he like took a sh- stupid sharpie and, and like drew, drew an extra. I'm like, that's that's what a game design. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And oh, you're it's just effect. like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, I yeah.
1: think it's, maybe can we get it
2: over here though? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a claim
1: independent of reality, right? Yeah. yeah, you're like, you have no even fucking any idea where this thing but is going to But at the same go, time, you know?
0: like the, cause the usefulness of it though, because that's what I was, I was looking at that and I was like, what, how, like how good was that thing actually in terms of like what it did for us? And what was interesting though is that we did have, we had basically enough detail about potential ways to approach or potential like feature sets for any given one like build mode or crafting. There's like 10 more features in that doc for each one of these things that either became not a, like just not relevant or while a cool idea it still is cool. Not really necessary if that makes sense, right? But it sort of like allows it allows you to, you know, do we talk about verbally yeah, iterating it's, on stuff. It's
2: cheap iteration at that phase. Yeah, right? It is the cheapest I, I think it is the case that when it comes to the kind of the ideation phase to you know yeah. to do some business speak. When it comes to that phase, there are ideas you could tell are bad. That's definitely true. Oh, yeah. And you can tell there's like IDs you can tell are probably better or definitely sometimes better, right? Uh, and so that so so the, I think the design doc kind of a phase where you're doing the verbal and sort of external iteration. Yeah, what stuff. are we trying to build here? Yeah. The, the, the utility of that is like, that's your drafting phase, basically. It's where you're saying like, I'm going to do the cheap work of, of thinking of what I think I want this to be, gen- sort of generally how it's going to work, how it's going to work together and cut out all the obvious bullshit as part of that process. Right. Yeah. And have a high level vision. But if you try to have that doc literally describe what the game is going to yeah, be. That's where it was all wrong. That's where it was it's very specific. It was
1: completely yeah. wrong. Because yeah. it was even stuff like um when when I remember how we were talking about like Trying to create different play styles, mm-hmm. you know, different, like, uh, ways of the of player, like, getting entirely new resources, like, mana. Now they're, like, a wizard or, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and we're still going down that path in a completely different, completely different way than what was in yeah, the as far as, far as the specifics, right. As far as the specifics, Yeah. yeah. But like, it would have been just as effective in the design document had we just had like, it's almost like a gist board, you know, where it's just yeah. like, the player should somehow be able to <laughs> yeah. uh, play the game in a, in a bunch of different ways, uh, in a bunch of different play styles. But then because the problem is if you're like, and it's going to work like this, then as soon as you de- declare that, what you don't realize is there may be, uh, like in, in, in our case, it was that our original idea actually would have required tens of thousands of art assets, Mm-hmm. That we didn't realize because we hadn't we hadn't um, figured out what tools we were going to even be using to make the art assets because we switched over to Spine mm-hmm. and started doing this stuff and then like once we once we started building out the visuals of the game and we looked back at our plans for how armor and equipment was yeah. going to work and we were like there's some oh. new constraints <laughs> to that we didn't know yeah mm-hmm. this is impossible mm-hmm. um and so we had to rethink it and then like if you if you look further downstream in the design document, if there are things that depend on all the specifics of the armor implementation, that's that's all bunk. It's all done. Yeah, But
0: it's interesting because like there definitely is a value in trying to figure out how all those big pieces fit together, right? Like knowing what those big pieces are. And then being like, so if this, then that, right? It is is useful to try to be like, okay, if the player has armor, then it works, again, vaguely like this, which would mean that we can do that in terms of how the world's built or whatever because again all these things talk to each other so you kind of have to with a game this big i think it is it's tr- it's tricky because i think you can't quite go in blind you know but it's almost like the i don't know, maybe the value is just in the exercise itself if that makes sense as a preparatory exercise and then you pick your starting point and you just kind of start going and then it becomes more of that chaotic iterative style with that basis yeah, of like yeah,
2: because you can also because even if you do have a specific idea of like Here's how it would work, right? I mean, the problem is there is, is also just that it's, like, one way, right? Because, th- again, I think it's – because it's the cheap – it's cheap at that point. Because you could then have here are some ways that this could work, right? That could go into detail because, again, it's – like, there's a lot of value in thinking through what would happen, yeah. right? If, and that's,
0: that's where there's a lot of stuff in that doc still that, like, is essentially that to me, which is
2: – Yeah, which is we didn't do it, but it's because – we had a good enough picture of what that actually meant, right? Yeah. If that comes through, through. A bunch yeah. Of the pieces, yeah. 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 And so the yeah. specifics are useful at that phase, definitely, right? But, but not in the sense of, oh, this is what we're doing, right? But yeah. A, this is how we might do it, and what we think would happen if we did. And, yeah. and that's what yeah. the value. Just comes don't away.
1: don't chain don't chain your specifics sequentially back to back too deep because yeah. then yeah. then it's just, then it's one, just wrong. Cuz then
2: one with it. change once
1: now you just now you just drawing a sharpie on the hurricane. <laughs> you <know>, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like you know, you don't fucking know what's going to happen. Just yeah. stick stick to stick to the, the the initial batch of things and go for vibes, you know. Well, if I remember too uh, like
2: the, think of this whole how everything interacts with everything kind of a thing. Like th- that was the main discussion we had up until middle of last year probably, right? Once all the systems were finally in place, before that, the whole three years before that, everything was an exercise of frustration constantly. And we we're constantly having discussions of like, God damn it, I just like, I feel like I can't move this forward because I don't know how this thing is supposed to work. But it, we can't yeah, make this everything until we do this. <laughs> and it was just, it was a nightmare the whole time, right? And every time, and it's easy to kind of like forget what that was like, but everybody was pretty frustrated <laughs> the whole time oh, yeah. as we we're trying to put it together because it's it's an impossible task to build a whole Simulated world that all works together in a way that's fun and has a game in it, right? That all feels good and works together. But
1: starting from
2: you have to start from nothing.
1: You always have to start from yep. nothing,
2: right? And yeah. it's- and, we, I mean,
1: and we have talked about like um, if in a in jam in a jam game context, for example, mm-hmm. if you're trying to make a, a game that's a sim, as in you know a, like a, a city builder or an invite like a nature sim or whatever. Um, good luck because. Yeah because you can't even evaluate whether any piece of it is working until every piece is there yep. right so like Absolutely. imagine if you're trying to build a city simulator and you're like okay we've got roads okay but are there cars and do <laughs> they do they actually like have traffic flow and also like if there's no buildings or any other thing then what's the point of the roads mm-hmm. right uh, and so you have to build the whole game before you can answer any questions about any part of the game. is also well. why
2: so many games come out of this kind of a thing, right? Where somebody th- goes off and thinks they're doing something, right? And they build out a piece of it and then realize one of two things. One is, oh, that piece is actually fun by itself. Let's like sufficient pivot, yeah. turn that into a game. Or they realize, oh shit, like I don't know how we're gonna make the rest of this work. Let's see if we could turn this into a game. And this happens outside of games too. They think of like Discord is a good example, right? Like Discord's original intent or was a Discord that, was, that set out to make a game. Yeah, and Discord yeah. started as a as, as a chat client, as a chat client the for the game, and then it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then it turned out that like they were like, well, actually, this, this is a really good chat client. So we're already doing this. Very way, good. <laughs> yeah, making games is really hard. In a different
1: set of ways, and like, what if
2: we just did this? What if well, we just did it, this?
1: It makes sense in, on an infrastructure perspective, right? Because it's like, okay, for a game, they needed basically three things: text chat, voice chat, and the ability for games to instantiate servers for groups mm-hmm. of people. Yep. So that you could like, like if you start up a game session, people could join the voice chat and type in the text chat on a server, right? But if they're like, if we just let people make servers, period, just in really, this really. client, then they can just chat. It, with voice and text, no matter what, right? And already it's better than Slack. Just if you do that, because all Slack does, as far as I can, I haven't looked now, at Slack in
0: years, but, stuff now, but
1: yeah. But like, I never, I never understood why people ever used Slack instead of Discord, because Discord has always had dramatically more features than Slack. Always, mm-hmm. it's fully integrated, you know. But it's like, you know, I guess there's there's some inertia thing to it. But yeah, like it started as a thing, like they needed to solve some problems for their game, and then they developed company. this tech, and then suddenly everything changed, right? Mm-hmm. So.
2: And it's, and, it's, it's that, it's and that's like the the, again, the value of the iteration, right? Is if you're too tied to the original plan, then you don't you
1: can't pivot. You you're can't, miss, you can't you follow the thing cool that was stuff. the better idea. Yeah. All right. Now let's uh let's talk about let's talk about some shenanigans. What kind? We've talked about the butterscotch. Let's start <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apple has been up to some shenanigans. Um as expected. Mm-hmm. These these folks are really they're really uh really ruffling some feathers lately really fit. legally so uh who wants to who wants to take this one give us the I'll, give us the tldr the, yeah the the high level is basically that apple has
0: lost a few what do you want to call them cases bringing court battles. Days, whatever yeah. such that they have to make some changes to the app store okay both sort of globally and then also in the eu specifically and those changes amount to a wide combination of things like letting developers use external payment processors in other words you wouldn't have to go through apple um to get paid and or rather for like a a player in a game to buy an in app purchase you could actually direct them to a different website right and therefore as originally intended avoid the 30 percent apple uh quote-unquote tax right
2: yeah it turns out and that the, the letter of that requirement, though, didn't actually prevent Apple from still demanding that 30% cut. So they're still taking it. Yeah.
0: So basically, essentially, what you are seeing is that Apple's been told they have to do things differently in a way that is actually a lot better, frankly, for everybody else involved. You know, like yeah. us. Um, but the way in which they have then turned around and c- complied with these orders has been so salty, frankly. Yeah, it's 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 just kind belligerent. Uh, and also, essentially falls into that realm of like malicious compliance where they're like, technically, we're doing it. So, in the case as of as far as of, I
1: understand, this is the corporate version of you're not my real dad. Right. So, it's like,
0: okay, you can't yeah. tell me what to do. What to do. <laughs> I'm going to do it this way. And so, in the case of the external payments, uh, it's like you can you can do it. like you could the link but they all have to be be listed on
2: one there's like all these weird rules already like they all have to be listed on one page and that can be the only page where they're listed and like they have to be listed Mm -hmm. like a flat format there can only be so many of them like I said they have a whole set of guidelines right yeah they can't be actually like in the even in the store that
0: you have on your app you know no it has to be like a separate thing
2: and you have to like you have to put up a kind of boilerplate warning that in essence just tells players or tells users hey this is you're allowed to do this but this is a bad unsafe idea right yeah
0: and then on top of all that if that was bad enough, they said they're still gonna take twenty seven percent.
2: Yeah, which again is weird. On so I, many assume, I assume I assume they left that three percent because that's like the typical credit card sort of payment processor take, right? Yeah, at 3%, it's so three percent to thirty six percent. So, so they yeah, so they probably made it so that they're technically they haven't increased the cost because that was probably the thing they were allowed yes. to do was make it more expensive to do that. So they probably were like, okay, well. If we put it at 27%, it's probably not more expensive. So we're, mm-hmm. we're allowed to, yeah. Yeah, Wild.
0: and then you have to sign all these rights by basically saying they can audit you at any time because, you know, you have to self-report your income. Yeah, because they can't tell business. if you're actually giving them that 27%. So it's okay, it's, and it goes deeper, but I'm not going to get into it because it's insane, okay? And it's just like, you could see them just thrashing about being very, again, very salty about the fact that someone's like, hey, you need to do things uh, in a better way for the developers on your platform. And yeah. like,
1: well, it's a of saying and If you're going to... If you're gonna encroach upon our monopoly at all, we are going to make living hell for for users and developers mm-hmm. uh, who they uh, reportedly uh, care about, but you know, reportedly, I haven't
2: seen it. Not, so not, not a, it's not an observable phenomenon, but you know you can yes. just make
0: claims though. So according yeah, to so. their PR doc and and you know internal documentation,
1: it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like quantum empathy. Like you know if you you can't observe it, yeah. you know, and measure it at the same mm-hmm. time, you yeah. know, yeah. or see so
2: effects we, or anything. But yeah, yeah. If
1: we flip over to the <laughs> EU thing, the EU thing
0: is a, a shade of this also, which is that uh, specifically they have to allow for essentially other app stores. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, that's a that's a crazy ruling, right? That's great. Opens up essentially iOS, where now you could have essentially, you know, someone else wrote, I don't know, Epic could run their own fucking platform over there if they want to. But again, because of a bunch of ways that they're talking about it, they add all sorts of weird shit to it, such that really wouldn't make any sense for anybody to do. So it's like, technically... I think we they're doing the it, it's
2: basically the same way that like Google does on Google device on on Android right on on Google owned Android devices where technically you can you can sideload a different app store technically you can do that right but it's not a good experience and you're constantly confronted with like hints or outright warnings that like I don't know about this, this is probably well, not they, good. but they
0: do they allow they would allow you to like switch it to your default one apparently. You know what I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it, in theory it, they it let you do it. The difference though between this and the the Google one is that Apple again reaches in and they basically say like, but if you do that, then we get some of your money.
2: Yeah, essentially, no matter what. Which is there's no way to which is the which hardest is, one to make a case a legitimate case for, right? Because at that because like you can make a case like if you're in the App Store. It's it's a, I disagree strongly, but if you're in the App Store, you can make a case. You could say, "Well, we're basically bringing the awareness of the app to the users." We're, and we're dealing with infrastructure costs because we're distributing yeah, just it, all that kind of right? so, delivery charge. So sure. we're still going to so we think it's fair to charge you for that, which I think is is fair. 27%? Nope, but like the cons yeah. conceptually though, it's fair, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Uh, but as soon as it's a completely different App Store, right? Completely different. They're than Apple. They're handling have. their own infrastructure. It's yeah. not okay, infrastructure to do it. they handle, yeah. they're handling. Nothing. The Apple has nothing to do with it except for that initial, you know, sort of. It's like going to Microsoft
0: those, right? Edge so you can download Chrome, but then yeah. Edge going, okay, anytime you buy something through Chrome, I'm going to take some money.
1: Well, this this yeah. this is the what? this is the kicker because I've I've heard people defend defending this where they basically say if you're a if you're a software developer and you distribute something. Over on, onto iOS, right? Then, like Apple has given you access to you know a billion potential users through their ecosystem, mm-hmm. and they deserve a cut, right? It's like okay, sure. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna stop that logic, right? Yeah. So, like for example, I bought a keyboard from Corsair. Mm-hmm. I have used this keyboard to program everything that I have programmed. Yeah, they've enabled me to reach millions and millions of players. Mm-hmm. Because I can type. Does Corsair get right? cut? Do I owe them thirty uh, percent? What about my monitor? What about Microsoft, who makes Windows? Yeah, which that's we, funny which one. is our OS that we use to develop everything on. Uh, we also use VS Code. Microsoft. We use GitHub. Yeah, can you can Microsoft. you
2: imagine if like say like we're, we're, let's say we're distributing games on Steam, right? Can you imagine if we also had to give a cut to Win- to Microsoft because because yeah, it's on just Windows. because they on, were like because they like made it you on used Windows, Windows. yeah, because so that because that actually right. that's the equivalent of what this is, right?
0: Yeah, so I, my point here is like there's and there's a bunch of details in here that are they're both important and not important because again, as we talked about, the gist the gist is most important, yeah. which is that essentially there's more or less a tantrum happening on Apple side about the fact that they have to comply with these rules and they're complying complying with them in essentially the I would say the uh, the least good faith way possible.
2: Yeah. That's not even debatable. That name
1: of that, uh, like Eric Andre shooting the guy in the chair and he's like, why would such and such do yes. this? Yeah, right? Yeah. It's basically, it's basically Apple is like shooting, shooting developers and their customers to be like, why would the EU do this? Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe, right? It's the it's classic like,
2: bully move, right? It's like, don't make me do Yeah. 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 Don't make yeah. me do this. And so it's just, it's, it's this is on you. They always say yeah.
0: disappointing. Yeah. You know, it is disappointing. I'm Very disappointed. Um, not even a
2: little bit surprising.
0: Not surprised, but I'm disappointed. And uh, what I imagine the reason I don't really care too much about again the the gritty details is because this is the this is actually the start of it, if that makes sense. Where because of the way that EU works and everything else, they get the EU weighs in on the proposal apparently for, like, how this is going to go. Like, they can they can say, like, well, you didn't quite do it the way we talked about. And there's some, they have some very, like, broad language in that thing that allows them to essentially say that, you know? And so, I don't know where this is going to end up, basically, before well, I think it what, actually, like, shows What
2: that. all giant companies have learned, historically, is that, is that eventually you're going to lose the monopoly. Eventually, right? Yes. But because of, you know, how shitty all of our systems are, it takes a long time to lose your monopoly. <laughs> take a while. And... And your best move is to just delay, It's just to delay the inevitable loss of the monopoly, right? So, because if, if you kind of like look at what Apple is doing in the EU, right? It's it like on the face of it, it looks absurd. It's, 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 nobody's having a good time with how yep. this is rolling out, right? But it means that, that they, they, they adhere to the exact precise letter of what they think they can get away with legally, right? Mm-hmm. Or they got good lawyers. They got, got, re- they got really, yeah, they're spending a lot of money on those lawyers. Right? So that, or so even that in now, a way that lets
0: them keep punting it
2: well that's exactly like, keep it it's the because discussion
0: going for it's because a
2: it's, not, it's not about doing it so that so that they're actually adhering to the goals of what that is it's right it's it's because by doing it this way then they're going to they're not actually giving anybody what they want which means that their monopoly bottom line isn't impacted by the things that they're doing yes. because they're, because of how they're doing it so now they're basically sending it back to regulators to say hey we technically did it mm-hmm. right so now regulators then have to take the time to then put together another case to yep. like do a whole thing and be like, well, you did it or change the regulations to be more precise, right, and so on. And oh that God, shit even. takes a long time. And I guarantee you, the regulators dealing with this are paid a lot less, and there are way few of them than Apple's resources have access to, right? <laughs> and so, th- so like Apple's goal with this stuff, presumably, because that's what again any monopoly's goal is, is just to say like. What can we do to make it so that we basically get to keep doing what we're doing and put an enormous cost on the entity trying to stop us from doing it, yeah. right? And because by doing that, they're going to keep punting this. It's going to be years. It's going to be years still before Yeah, exactly. That's why to me it's all like, all okay,
0: yeah. this is the most interesting recent update of this whole thing. Is it how yeah. stuff's going to actually turn out? I would highly doubt it. it. might. Maybe it'll be the case that it turns out like this for like, I don't know, a very short period of time before I don't know Tim Sweeney or someone sues them, you know,
2: to be like, we're
1: so yeah, but they'll take another few years. It's another few so, years. So years I, I'm just, going to go through
2: the courts and they're going to appeal every decision and it's going to make. You know, and it's
1: like, only in the U.S., so it, you know, yeah. they'll whatever the decision is, they'll only comply with it in Wherever one country. Can, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but what's what's really interesting about this though that I've been thinking a lot about is is uh, so I think we we all probably agree that that tech as we understand it now centralizes power. Right. Yeah. So, like, like music used to be like lots of record labels and millions of artists, blah, blah. blah. And now it's like whoop, Spotify. Well, just and even And even those out, right? were
2: bad because there are only a handful of really successful record companies, and they behave. They also behaved really poorly because they could. And well, so they still are, do. Right? I
1: mean, and yeah, they still um, do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then you got you know, like Amazon. They just kind of like sucked up all the retail and you know everything. Like whatever, whatever can be centralized through through tech becomes centralized. And then you have this weird problem where. You know, so you have a company like Apple, where uh, what percentage of the world's population now just like has an iPhone in their pocket? Right. Oh, that's like, The a, world is a measurable percent. It's measurable. You know? The world is
2: smaller, yeah. but the U.S. is really high. It's like yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah so we're t- we're talking about like within the confines of the U.S. Let's say maybe I don't know, twenty percent of, of of people have an iPhone. Right. I don't know what they, if that's actually it's, it's a maybe lot. Thirty, maybe of it's are... It's quite a bit, right? And it's not it's not just like a an entertainment device, right? People use it for emails, phone calls, they use it to pay for shit, they use it to keep track of their passwords, they use it to call their to, to FaceTime with their families, you know, like it's infrastructure. Like it's, it's in it's infrastructure. Yeah. But which is something that you know like the government used to provide railroads yeah. and electricity and shit like that. Well it's the problem with and any so, monopoly is that
2: the reason that monopolies are problems is because at some point the reason that they that they have become a monopoly is because they are also infrastructure, right? And that at some point once they hit that where they are the monopoly, the so they point. are also the infrastructure, that's when all the problems come to everybody else, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, because now you you literally can't you can't regulate them anymore. Because like like yeah. if, if you it, it's it's always possible for the federal government to dissolve a corporation that is misbehaving. It's you know it's, it's essentially the death penalty of a corporation, mm-hmm. right? That is that is a, a tool in their toolkit, but they they literally can't deploy it on a company yeah. that, that flagrantly violates stuff. Too. Yeah. Like, like imagine what would happen if Amazon got dissolved. The whole internet would collapse because Amazon it's Web Services underpins literally everything, including our stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of our stuff, right? And so –
2: Even the uh, stuff you don't think is – if you dig a little deeper, it's probably AWS under there. Right? Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like and so – the, and, and the, the fact is like the federal government relies on these companies for its existence. Yeah. And so yeah. what happens if the, if the government comes in and it it's like, you guys better stop and they just go, no, nah, we're not going to do that. What the fuck happens? Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. happens. They can just keep doing whatever they want right? yeah. So it's a very weird thing where it's not just about it's just not just about money because like if a company has a lot of money that's one thing but if it if it is if its products and services are deeply embedded in the infrastructure of of the country Living,
0: really, yeah
1: yeah in a way that can't be disentangled um, then suddenly the power dynamic has actually shifted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the government can ask companies to do things. But they don't have to do shit, <laughs> and it's
2: kind of alarming. Yeah, you know? And cool. if as a company, if you do if you do well enough with your propaganda, then everybody the, loves you. Then for the people it. will support <laughs> you, and like in the in the, the things that you're doing to make the world a worse place, you know. So yeah,
1: like I haven't experienced this personally, but I've heard horror stories about. Appar- apparently, if you use an iPhone, then then Apple shows text messages from Android devices as a different colored like speech yeah. bubble or something, mm-hmm. and apparently. Uh, iOS users, not all, of course, but like some subset of iOS users get really fired up about if somebody who is using an Android device texts them. Well, <laughs> get like especially, upset about especially it. in the context actually of like a group chat thing, because yeah. it a group chat into because
2: there's also a security issue there because it converts mm-hmm. a private encrypted conversation into an SMS. It's like standard, unencrypted, messaging. completely free in the clear set of yeah. messages, and yeah. it
0: makes it all sorts of weird stuff
2: happen when you say like a, if you you know react
0: to a text message or whatever else with the built-in stuff. It, everything gets just really weird and kind of janky. It was so dumb about that. Again, is a perfect example. Is that RCS technology has existed for a while, and like they finally, I think they they just adopted it like last month or something. After again. Getting poked by well, I mean, everybody, but Google in particular. You have these two giants fighting each other. You know, um, Google being like, "Why aren't they using this technology that everybody else uses so that every so that you don't have to do this nonsense?" And while the whole time you're talking about how you have the most secure device on the planet, but then anytime yeah. someone sends a messages or gets a message from an Android user, you use the least secure messaging protocol. Like,
1: yeah, and the answer is it's because it causes iOS users. To mistreat Android users and verbally abuse them, which makes Android users eventually go, I'm tired of this. I guess I'll just finally buy a fucking iPhone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also, and it, also, like, it dude, also
1: increases the us versus them mentality. So the people who right. are seeing the green
2: bubble get further entrenched in the idea that, like, this we're on the superior version, people on Android. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's all this weird shit, right? Where you're like, that's, I mean, there's, it's stupid. all by design. It's
0: all by design. And I think, again, it's choices. It is choices.
2: We're making choices here.
0: And I'm not, I'm not ever saying, nor I'm calling for it, it's like, oh, companies should just do what's good for us because that's never going to fucking happen. I don't know, it's fine. You know, whatever.
2: But at least- <laughs> I mean, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll openly say they should.
0: I mean, it would be These nice. Which is different not, than, you know, than they will. The reality yeah. is that like any, any well-designed solution to a problem has to make some choices about how you're solving it, just like we were talking about before, right? And that means you're making certain- you're also making certain negative choices about what not to do, and it is the case that you cannot make everybody happy all the time. I get that, yes, of course. But when you could, and then you don't, yeah, how intentional to profit off of the don't? That's that's yeah.
1: where I'm like, I mean, Let's come get, the fuck on, starts getting gross. You're getting gross. Yeah, but I mean, it, it just it just demonstrates that you know the the intended outcome of any of any decision at that scale is is revenue, right? Yeah. But like, that's the only intended outcome. And as long as you get that, you're you're doing the right thing according yeah. to your fiduciary duty. It's not about morality or ethics. It's about doing it's about it's about that yeah. only. Right. So, so no. yeah,
0: that's the story there. Well, I'm sure we'll
2: touch base on it as things develop later. Yeah. yeah. Super, cool. Cool, Super cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool.
1: <laughs> but it, it, it does remind uh,
2: me of there's that there's that piece of it that makes me the most mad about all of it. Is it's the same thing with the privacy law stuff. Where, where – because of you got you got the GDPR, which basically says, hey, as a person, you have a right to have people not – have and sell your data, which seems like a reasonable – Pretty good deal. A reasonable human protection, right? In um, the US, they're like, no, nah, we don't – it makes more money if we just let people buy and sell your data. So that's not going to happen, right? But now we have like some specific states. So, uh, California's got uh, their own mm-hmm. privacy law. I think actually Iowa has one now. Uh, there's one other state that has one. Um, each one, of course, slightly fucking different because we don't just have a federal thing to take care of this. Uh, which is so there's a whole bunch of things that are annoying about that. But the main point though, is that now I'll read a thing. Uh, I get like you know, like when I get like my credit card thing in the mail because they have to they have to send you disclosures for stuff, right? And one of them is here's where here's here's what we do with your data. and here's what you can opt out of, right? Mm. And they'll have a section where they fucking say, if you are a resident of California or the blah blah blah, then you can opt out of this. But if you're not, you can't. You absolutely fucking can't. <laughs> yep. And I get so
1: mad. Like, yeah, so, yeah. so so. Uh, yeah. Which would take them more work to implement this, like bi- like binary solution, whether where – because they're, now they you know they have to have like yeah, a, they an have to have check two check separate
2: systems, right?
1: Yeah, because yeah. it makes so they, more they money put an extra one, right?
2: work. To fuck you over, <laughs> which, we, which you know is because like your data is valuable to them, and they're just yeah. fucking selling it. So that's why they're doing it, right? But it makes yeah. me so because we're up to your own privacy policy stuff too, and like the boilerplate stuff is that the boilerplate stuff is like if you are a resident of California or the EU, whatever, then you have these rights. And I'm like, I don't want that in my privacy. I want the, I want our privacy policy to say you have these rights. That's it. According they, to our they happen system, to yeah. you know adhere to all the different privacy you right. know laws and stuff, right? But they're just everybody has to have. I hate, yeah, so GDC, right, is run by Informatica or some fucking, I don't know, high-level company, right? Uh, I'm almost 100% sure they've been selling my or email, the email addresses. Oh, yeah, for every something. fucking
0: time. Because I'm getting,
2: and I'm pretty sure that's like why I get so much spam, because so much of it is targeted towards me as a game, games person, right? Mm-hmm. That the only way they could be that many people. Could be sending me this much stuff is if there's a high value huge email list out there. GDC's got to be where it came from. It's the only thing that makes any sense,
1: right? Yeah. Every time we sign up for GDC, new wave of then spam immediately spam just starts flooding yeah. into it. Yeah, so bus. a few
2: months ago, I was getting really tired of it. I was like, I I want to go get my stuff off of their services. Right? Turns out it's impossible unless you're an you EU know, citizen, you're not a
1: resident of California. Not, do oh, damn. So
2: you just it's literally they just say they just say
1: no. That's, they say no, nah, we're not going to let we're, we're yeah. not going to do it. It makes me so mad. We have your data. We have your email address. We're, we're just going to keep gonna, selling it to people. Yeah. Get fucked. Just, just going <laughs> to keep doing it.
2: And you can't you can't ask you can't you can't do anything about it. They just get to keep doing it forever. Mm-hmm. I hate it.
1: Like you should have thought about that before you uh, wanted to come to a convention. Thousands of dollars. to come to a convention.
2: And that, yeah, because that's it. that's it too, right? It's like it's not even that I like use my email address to get something for free. It's like no, I them paid a them a fuckload of money. <laughs> yeah.
1: to go you to gave this talks. Thing. We like yeah. we've contributed to the event. Yeah, it's it's fucked. Uh, anyways, let's get on to let's try to get like one question. So, yeah, let's that. Uh, Uh, These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. The highest upvoted question comes from illegally Sam, who says, Since it's one of the big indie releases of the year, I'm curious if you guys have played or have any thoughts about Sea of Stars. It's one of my personal favorite games from this year, and I'm very happy to see the overall very positive reception for the game. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned last episode that we saw this question, but none of us had played it. Mm -hmm. So Sam took it upon himself to check it out. It's on so, Game Pass,
0: maybe. So I was just like, oh, well,
1: wow, yeah, we'll just boot the of the
0: weekend. And you know, I like uh I actually play very few games for a long time. I really like playing a lot of games in like a, a couple of hours, right? So this is right up my alley. And I had seen Sea of Stars when they did a Kickstarter and I was like, holy fuck, that is a beautiful looking thing. And it is. It remains such. It's a very good looking uh it's like a modern take on a you know JRPG. You travel around with your party, you do these kind of turn-based attacks. That sort of thing. Hmm. So for people who are into that genre, I think it's, it seems like it's definitely good. It hits all the, all the marks as far as, again, like the, the overall world building stuff. is really fun and cool. Good vibes. Good vibes. Um, I will say the beginning was so slow that I was very annoyed because, <laughs> and I was confused. So- my two cents is that once I got going, I was like, okay, I see how this works. And like, it's a very, it's a good JRPG structure. The combat is interesting, where there's a little more like reactive elements to it. It was like kind of quick timey sort of stuff mm-hmm. and a bit more strategic depth to it. So the combat was good. Run around the world was interesting. Uh, the story stuff was kind of like kind of medium to me as far as how it felt like it was kind of occasionally janking up just being able to play the game. Kind of being mm. too slogan in a way, but I think a lot of it has to do with how they did the intro, which confused the shit out of me. Because okay, what is it? You start basically, they drop you in, and you're playing as these as these two characters. You go explore this little ruin, make it to a campfire, and then and then they throw you back to your childhood, where you were training to become now like the warrior that you just saw yourself being. But then they kind of like ghost it's like a lot of stuff where you can you can go explore this whole area but you actually you'll go into this room and go you know ferret out what's going on in the corners or else but you can't do anything in there there's a lot of spaces for like you
2: because it's like you're in the past so you can't
0: change it kind of a vibe no, no no it's like it's like you literally there's they have specific story beats it's actually like a story prologue if that makes sense more so in like some tutorial elements, but you already kind of did a tutorial when you first landed because right, you to the already campfire had to figure place. that
2: stuff out to even get to the to this yeah. first place. So that, but then it they like
0: rewind and show you as a kid in like a bunch of story moments, but put you in levels where you can go explore the whole shape of the place, but you cannot do anything in any of it so except for kind of walking
1: around. Like, how do I be done with this?
0: It took, <laughs> me, like a, I was, it took me like an hour before I like made it through all that <laughs> stuff, and I was like, why? I would have liked just if I started as a kid, that would have been great because then I wouldn't have already learned how to play the game and stuff, which happened in the first five minutes before doing the tutorial. Before doing the tutorial, in like, yeah, there's that was like it was just really Mm. weird. Um, and I think that was one of those things where I'm like, you know, again, maybe it's a I don't know if it's a JRPG thing. I'm not like a huge fan of that format typically because sometimes I think it can be a little bit more onerous in terms of uh like turn based combat, which I think they actually did really well. I think it was really fun. Um, but the, the fact that I, like, the entry point into it was this really weird, like, mm. intro, prologue, double tutorial to get back to
1: where I was. It was just odd. You I'm know what? This makes me—you guys played Dragon Age 2? Yes. Yeah. They did something like this in Dragon Age 2. Kind of. But
0: they in Dragon Age 2, you start with full— a full action bar of, like, dope powers. Yeah. You have this epic fight, which is the tutorial. You fight a giant beast or dragon or some shit. Yeah, and then you basically get your shit rocked and go back to, like, nothingness, and that's kind of how you then start the game. which was
1: very weird. Like, that threw me off so much in that game because, like, uh, fighting a giant boss when you have a whole bunch of abilities is something you need to work your way up to and earn. You know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know, like, well, they're trying to, they're,
0: they're trying to show you where you're going, which I can, yeah, I can get behind that. That's cool. But like, I think, I think it it can produce a very mixed reaction depending on exactly how you do it. And I felt like that's what kind of what they were trying to do, but it just didn't, there wasn't a whole lot more I had available to me at still level zero when I was starting as like the current day hero going to the campfire Mm -hmm. versus in the tutorial when I was a child, still at level zero. I, there was like, I had no new abilities. Hmm. So it was. It was just kind of. I was like, "Why did that happen?" I'm very confused.
1: I, I'm, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what what uh, like the community for this game or like the fans of this game would say about that. Yeah, about the intro. I didn't know. I was on like, "Did I just it, hitting it wrong?" Or like, yeah, on one hand, it might be like there's some like somehow there's something you missed. But on the other hand, I'm thinking like, yeah, but like the, the designer, like the devs should have. And like, if if someone like Sam, who is a game designer, game developer who plays lots and lots of different games, comes into this game and is like, I I don't know, I can't figure out. Like if, if there's something that you – like really important that you missed and it was that easy for you to miss right. despite the kind of – It doesn't like sound like you missed anything. You it sounds to. like – It was yeah. hard to get to the things I
0: wasn't supposed to miss if that makes sense or like kind of onerous to do so. Because one of the bi- – the biggest sin to me is like why am I able to wander around in a place with multiple – like large rooms, but not that I can go thing. explore. And literally, I cannot interact with anything in a way that's meaningful, nor learn anything. Nor and there's like an NPC who's like, "Oh, you have a headache." And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, we're not even doing anything. There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing." <laughs> like, I mean, a me. little bit. Yeah, it looks beautiful, which is I <laughs> a beautiful thing. Um, but it just didn't quite.
2: Is it kind of like a like a, a like how is it kind of like a Pokemon town? You know, because like it's the thing that I've never been in, very big in Pokemon games. The last one I played was one of the 3DS ones. Can't remember, but. Uh, but every time I would go to a town, I would kind of feel the same kind of energy, where I would be like, I feel like I have to go to every house because there might be something that they say that is like useful, right? Well, the problem but was, what, that but going in the house, like the only thing really to do is like talk to the person. It
0: was which, well, it's kind of like right, that, except sometimes in that context, the idea there is like they're they're building exploration options in that context, right? Because sometimes when you go into a house, you do find an item or someone gives you something. Yeah, right? I'm. What the problem they have is that because they start you as. Uh, adult and then throw you back to your childhood they cannot they're not going to preserve items items or whatever yeah except for key items right and so there's there's like an item i got but it was through delivered through the story there wasn't like there was just nothing for me to discover in these empty places and i was like why are you letting me run around here i was took it because i was just everywhere i went i chose the wrong i don't know maybe i just was choosing the wrong path but i'm like just picked the wrong room
2: first, you know. <laughs> why, was, like, maybe, why was that an option, though? Yeah,
0: total maybe. total time to get into the whole thing was just like really weirdly long with nothing going on, and I was like, I'm gonna give them what? benefit
1: of the doubt. Maybe there's something that'll happen later that explains why you were why you had to wander around for so long in empty rooms, and it's it means something important somehow. Uh, babe, you know, <laughs> the thing is like it's really it like I I think the mechanically the game is good. It's very beautiful.
0: Uh, I think once you just get a rough start. Yeah, once you get beyond a rough start, I felt like it was I was getting into a groove with it, you know. Um, but that was enough of a weird thing that it just, just a like rough onboarding. Yeah. I mean I was I you know I, I don't quite understand it to be I was still confused. So I think the podcast in podcast channel like what that experience was for you. Illegally Sam because I I have a hard time understanding how someone would have an easier time with it, or if not like the same time, but it might just be an expectations thing.
1: Yeah. You know, I, like, anytime I come across yeah, something it like that in a game, I'm, I'm always like, I'm always like, am I dumb? Yeah, or, or is, is it, it like a, a, is it a genre <laughs> thing?
0: Is, I think it is a genre thing
1: to a degree. Like, yeah, because there's there's always the RPGs like RPGs you know, you're just gonna run around, you
2: know. Yeah, yeah, any any given kind of media isn't for everybody. That's not yeah, yeah, it's it's for the people who like that kind of media, right? That's yeah. How it and so it, that's always that's why we're trying to use the nail at it, Wiffit scale right to figure out but but there there are these cases though which is basically the nail at whiffed it, but if you, you nail it basically says for the people this was made for yes nail it but there comes times when because we're not the people it's made for we actually don't know the we answer to that question I can't yeah I can't hundred percent
0: tell and also because of that opening I couldn't tell where I was like I think if yeah. the opening was really tight and I was just like blah 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 getting into it. Getting the story stuff, whatever. Probably I would have felt like if you like these kind of these old school JRPGs, like yeah, this was right up your alley. But I think because of that, then I was like, I don't, I don't know if they no, nailed it. To true. be honest, because yeah, yeah. I was like, this felt just kind of weird. So, yeah, I'm you could
1: say like, it. oh, they nailed the aesthetic or they nailed the the art, yeah, I liked I, stuff, you know. Yeah,
0: a lot of the stuff, a lot of the pieces I nailed, but as far as the overall experience I had playing it,
1: not. Quite mixed. But. Well, I think it's I think it's fair it's fair it's fair to say that that if as an experienced gamer you came in and were generally kind of like disoriented in the in the opening, I do think that's a whiff. Yeah, because I
0: and I want to clarify. I'm I'm totally fine with being very confused about stuff, provided it feels like I'm you're working your way towards yeah, working understanding. my way towards understanding.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, again, as like, in that just, it's a designed kind of as in like the intention yeah. was that rather than the intention is just completely unclear right
0: it's yeah like, so yeah. it's like just i don't know just block off some of those spaces that you or don't let me go into some of the buildings that i, that I have nothing to do mm. in. i don't know it just seems weird this is interesting i kind
2: of want to check this out and see, see not,
0: like maybe just, i don't know maybe i was just <laughs> had a bad day who knows i don't know
2: I mean, I, <laughs> i've had the same guess. experience with various kinds of games in, in different genres where like i like it's going to be a popular game because there's the games i'm going to try in the first place right so like right. so right. definitely a lot of people love it and then I get into it and I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. And it's not even necessarily that I don't like it. It's just that I don't get it. Like, why is it that people are so into it? Right. But I think it's um, the thing where it like, I, happens I, on occasion. I, I do get it later, yeah. but yeah.
0: I think I'm just, I am confused by the opening. That's the, so, that's the way. So, so you're
2: going. basically like, it sounds like you're a little uncomfortable saying like they whiffed the onboarding, but it sounds like they may have whiffed the onboarding. It's just unclear. Cause there might be a genre. I thing think,
0: I think they whiffed the onboarding. But they may have still nailed the, the overall. The rest of it. The, the game, right? Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. I, but that's one of those things where I feel like I need to ask someone else who maybe didn't have such a hard time with the <laughs> yeah, onboarding. Yeah. Because, you know, that colors your experience so much. Yeah. Where you're Which like, is also, oh
2: yeah, uh, I think that's an important point, too, to say that this is this is also where the value of, like, an actual games critic comes in, right? Is uh, Or, or any, any critical writing about, like, any, any review, basically, of any media, but like a game, right? The whole idea here is that you're trying to take you're trying to understand what the game is and Mm -hmm. who it's for and how it was designed and how those things interact. And the more knowledge you have about all of those things, the better of a job you can do helping somebody else understand like what it is they're going to get into. I think this is a good example of like, Sam, coming from your perspective of like making lots of games, playing fuckloads of games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but not these ones. But not this not kind a lot of though. Not a lot of these, these ones. Yeah, yeah. so you're in, a, you're in a kind of a position where it's like you can still say a lot of stuff that could be helpful for other people's understanding of what the game is and what they're getting themselves into, right? But there's still just enough missing in your experiential knowledge of the genre that it leaves this whole. And this is again, this is the value of the nail that whiffed it, right? Kind of a thing is that mm-hmm. is that if you actually don't know, that should be what you say. Right. You say, yeah.
1: I don't know. You say <laughs> I, don't I don't know.
2: know. Like this was this this feel this wasn't for me. Therefore I cannot. And and not only was it not for me, but also I'm too unfamiliar with what it means for to be the person who it's for, right? Mm-hmm. To be yeah. able to even guess that like maybe that makes sense there.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those like I think you can you can you could certainly nail the overarching thing and with a lot of pieces inside yeah. of it. I think I was just a little caught off guard by. The whole like because a long Push opening, that opening <laughs> long, <yeah.
1: laughs>
0: and like how long it took me to get through that and being just kind of befuddled by that's the same idea as
2: Starfield, like the you know, the Starfield develop or bleed dev basically saying like, well, once you get twelve hours into it, yeah, then it's really good. Then my, you get to have a really good time. Yeah.
0: Why don't, Why didn't you figure out how to make it good just the for whole the first time? To, no, yeah, ten well, that, minutes.
1: That's, but that's that's where I think it. I think it is. It's fair to say that because in my in my mind, like the. The onboarding of a game, oh, it's so tricky sh- should get you caught up,
2: and this the, the that, most important part
1: of the whole game yeah like if you're if you're not that familiar with so like for example, Kerbal space program first time I played it, it whiffed completely
2: mm-hmm.
1: because there there was no they didn't have a, a well, what they now have which is science mode where yeah, you, you just like had unlock, all the parts, right like a, yeah, you just, a- just had every rocket part yeah. And then there was, and like, it was like, here you go. Here's 300 parts. fun funny. You're like, what is this? It's like, right? first time I played Terraria, I
0: was like, I understand what's happening. And then I just yeah. laughed after like an hour.
1: Which is basically like <laughs> good game concept completely botched the the intro, yes. right? Yeah. And so the first time I played Kerbal Space Program, I played it for about 30 minutes and I just was so disoriented that I just put it down. And I didn't pick it up for like three more years until they finally added science mode. And I was like, Oh, is that, would that maybe like make it easier to learn it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I picked it up and then boom, I put 400 hours into it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like the, the game may be good conceptually, but like I, I don't play rocket building games. That's not yeah, a sure genre it. of games that I play. I had never played a game like it before.
2: Even so for, it. for people who are really into that stuff. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But that's again that makes sense, right? Cause it's like, again, they nailed it on the design because there were fuckloads of people who love Kerbal Space Program before, before that happened, began. right? But those were the people who like love the idea of like running their own NASA, right? They're like, they're b- building fucking rockets, right? And they know a lot about rockets and think it's super fun and interesting. They don't care about the missing tutorial, right? Yeah. And so for them, it nailed it. And actually for, for you and for me, like the overall game itself, like what it was and what it could do and like how you interact with it, nailed it. Yeah. But the onboarding whiffed it so hard for
0: yeah.
2: that audience, right. That, that you just couldn't play it. Actually. You couldn't, you couldn't discover that this game was for you because I got kicked out. You got yeah. kicked yeah. out to really. Yeah. Which
1: is why it was like, I try to think about like the game as a whole as kind of separate from the onboarding. Right. Because yeah. the onboarding is, is like, oh, if totally. you're, if you're already, if you're already playing the game, then you, you have made the strides to seek it out and download it and install it. And you're like, I think this is something I would like. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and if you've gotten that far, and then when you boot up the game, you're just generally kind of confused and frustrated and can't figure out what the fuck is going on for a long mm-hmm. time, then like to me, like, that, like that's what the opening of the game is for is to teach you and get you in. Right. Right. So, yeah, you can have a game that nails it sort of overall. But just absolutely with the onboarding. Yeah, it really which means, just means that
0: it nails it only for a subset of the potential. Package. Only for experts, yeah, yeah. people who are already. Okay, really that's what that I'm like, become, maybe, maybe yeah. this is like a maybe this is just me because I haven't played a lot of JRPGs aside from like Final Fantasy, you know, 100 years ago. Um, but I, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. I would like. I would like some notes. In the podcast channel In the discord So yep. I can Okay Understand why Yeah maybe, maybe
1: everybody's like Yeah all you had to do Is just go left There was like a doorway Right there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You're yeah. still saved a yourself an hour question, yeah. though,
2: It can't be that Because if you have Yeah like
1: why would that be the there g- yeah.
2: If a game is made With a whole bunch of stuff You're not supposed to experience Because it'll give you a bad time Like that's a completely don't, insane decision. Yeah. yeah It's, don't it's don't gotta that. be that Because that, that experience Had to have been intended And, and to say this point he, It might all not right. have been intended That he experienced it The way he did Right. So the question yeah. is, how is, how are you supposed to experience that aspect of the game? You're in like a big right. school.
0: So I was like, am I, is it supposed to be cool to me in there? It's good. So, yeah, is it supposed to be cool to me to like go into some of these different rooms or like go to this town? You know, and like, is it supposed to be cool? Because I was just like, I'm trying to do, I can't do anything. I have no skills. I'm a child. Well, yeah, I that, that, like, that's part get of the question. But right? it's like, where yeah. I have some fucking skills and, I, and it's just like, right. Because
2: games don't have to be about like having skills and doing stuff with those skills, exactly. right? Exactly. And so, so, then, so yeah, that's like, part of the question is, not not is like,
1: well, yeah, did they frame it weird? And you're like, you came into that part with a certain expectation, you know, that because you had that opener. That's why the doubling it. was so weird. Because
0: I was like, I yeah. feel like if you cut out the opener, which doesn't need to exist anyways, because like we fucking do this again in the childhood tutorial, then like, then it would have made a little more sense because I start with nothing
2: and I build up. I wonder but if there's like a feedback I, thing where like, where the intro to the game was actually this as a childhood thing, right? slower pace thing. Yeah, but because you don't do anything, right, then it was kicking people out. Probably. And then so they were like, okay, well, we need to show you what you can do, like Skyrim style, right? So Mm -hmm. let's have this like – so now let's kind of prefix it with a new intro, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't want to rework this elaborate huge intro you already made, right? So now it has basically – now it's a game with two intros, maybe because the first intro was kicking people out and Mm -hmm. they needed to make it feel like, oh, yeah – don't worry, eventually you'll get to do stuff. We'll show you what that looks like. Yeah. Right. Or there's that. some
1: kind of spaghetti code thing going on where it's like they can't really like remove that <laughs> intro. Yeah, you know, that's like, always the, the there's like there's yeah. also a sunk cost thing where it's like something that that's always kind of like baffled me is um so I, I've talked a lot in the past about doing these mythic mythic plus dungeons in WoW. Every every week they have these things called affixes where they like add some stuff into, kind of the, into the dungeon. You know. Yeah, and and they rotate. So like some weeks, there's an fix called Sanguine, where, like, every time you kill enemies, they drop a pool of blood on the ground that kills you when you touch it and heals enemies when they touch it. So every single time—and, like, there's lots of stats uh, mm-hmm. that you can find online about, like, how many dungeons people run each week and stuff like that. Every time it's Sanguine week, the participation in Mythic Plus drops by 25%. <laughs> And I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, I'm thinking it's this like as a problem, developer. right? Yeah. As, as a game designer, yeah. if I've added a, a feature to my game where I just like, like I have a switch that I can flip. Mm-hmm. And every time I flip that switch. A quarter of users are like. Nah. I lose a quarter of my players. <laughs> That's and the wild. and the remaining players are only playing in spite of the fact that I flipped that switch, not because of it. Right. Yeah, Maybe like, take that Why is like- that switch there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it's been there for eight years. That's wild. Why, why, you know, uh. Why is that there? And it's like, lie. well, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and it was there for a specific reason at the beginning that was a, a, a decent idea in theory, just like we talked about the game design document yep. stuff, right? On paper, it, it makes sense. But then once you have it in there, it sucks. Yeah. And then if you keep iterating on it, and no matter how many times you iterate on it, it just sucks. It's just not good, right? Well, and I think importantly, um,
0: demonstrably sucks is also different, right?
1: Measurely, you can yeah, you just, measure,
0: you can yeah. measure how much off. it sucks. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You
2: well, know, that's yeah, kind of, that's an important final point, right? Which is that the design of a game doesn't live in a vacuum. It's not just what you can make that matches your ideal vision of what it should be, right? It also lives in the reality of people are making it. People are strapped for time. People are, people have budgets. People have all this stuff, right? And also, who's the champion of what, right? Because if there's somebody in Blizzard, or somebody at WoW, who just fucking loves this feature this right? thing and yeah, they're high I, up enough that they can just no matter what anybody says they can just keep it in there like because that could be one reason why it's there it could be that no there's no champion against it within wow so that nobody really cares about it and it doesn't and they, like, and, if, and nobody's yelling about that 25 percent player drops so they're like whatever crazy. i got other stuff to do they just do other stuff right there's like all kinds of reasons why that thing is is in there still right uh, or it could be that it's basically impossible to remove because of legacy decisions and stuff, right? There's yeah. so many reasons why, but it's all it's all not really about design anymore, right? It's actually about just the reality of what
1: it means to, to make actually stuff. make a game. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but the wild hard. part about this one in particular is how like that's not the only one. There's like 12 of these different offenses. Yeah, yeah. And the best thing I've ever heard anybody say about any one of them is this one doesn't suck that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like from the best players in the world to the worst you know the highest praise I've ever heard about one of these things it's because is, they don't
0: actually make the game more fun they make it more hard in a bunch yeah. of tedious ways almost across but the, the board d- but
1: right the developers theory. have to continuously be um, working on how these things interact with the dungeons buffing them nerfing them adding new ones and it's like why spend all this time on something, just something that only good? makes the game worse yeah, <laughs> yeah. well so, part of it too but though, like, like you said you know it's you never know
2: but also variation in experience because because the, the good thing provides is that there's a it's experiential variety right sure and it may be that in their on their on their to them with the way that they th- conceive the design how they think about it working the value to having diversity of experience is worth the fact that the player sentiment is that the average experience is less is not what they want right what's well, a local
0: versus global thing Right, which is to say that maybe it's the case that every time Sanguine pops up, you drop by twenty five percent. Maybe the fact that you have these affixes at all keeps the player population thirty percent higher baseline. Right? Yeah, so I you would just like
2: because they're always relieved when it's gone, so then more people come it, back. Or even
0: know, just like because the affixes are there, to Adam's point, like variations present in a system where previously there was none. So you I would
1: I would agree with that premise only if you could ever convince anybody that putting affixes in any other part of the game would be good. Right. Because, like, you're, you're, it's a seasonal game. And so you're playing roughly the same, like, raids and dungeons and stuff for about six months. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you said, hey, let's take this like random bullshit that you have to deal with every week from this <laughs> one part of the game and bring it over into raids or bring it into <sighs> PVP. And the universal response is, please, God, no, please don't do that. It would fucking suck so bad. <laughs> right. right. And yeah, it's like, I'm okay. Not, I'm not yes, saying that's it's. That's true. Yeah. I'm not
2: saying it's correct, but I'm just, I'm saying that that could it, be. That, that was why the original. That was the intent. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That was the original design intent, but it's. And it's they did it. It's baked into it. Back they to the Apple it.
0: point. The te- technically they delivered.
1: Okay. It yeah. is different every week. It is different every week. Is it it's good? differently it's differently bad every week. Yeah. No. But it's different. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have an idea, you get it in there, and then it gets embedded into the yeah. game in a certain way. And it's like, well, it would actually be a way harder to get this out of here than to try to iterate on it and get it to a point where maybe it's not as bad, you know? Uh so you never know. But anyways, uh yeah, maybe I'll check, I'll check out uh, Sea of Stars this weekend and kind of see.
0: See what I can see. Does it hit you the same way or is it just me? I don't
1: know. We'll find out. Uh, That's all the time we have for this week. I would like to thank our producers Fat Bard and Sampa de Costa for putting the podcast together and thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community just go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate and links to the podcast archives. And as always, if you haven't yet, head on over to Steam and give Crashlands 2 a wish list. It helps uh, boost the game up on the charts and... And uh, it'll help help the game succeed on launch day. And we'd appreciate that immensely. But thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.